And um, I think, yes, it's hard because there's no, as, as I'm sure you speak about a lot, there's no solution to balance. It's just finding out what works for you. And I think ensuring that you're not doing what the person next to you is doing because we're all so different. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's less of the fact that there's no solution. I think it's more, there's no one size fits all and it's not, Mm. it's not a static concept, right? It's it's constantly changing. So you could feel, okay, I'm super balanced now because I kind of, I know what my body needs in, in downtimes and and whatever, but that's going to change as well. So I think Mm. when I think of balance, um, it's really like that flexibility piece. I've realized that, you know, as you said, the perfect balance doesn't exist. You've got to kind of have a flexible balance and it's got to be what works for you. And I think with health, as I said earlier, I'm someone that eats chocolate every day. Not everyone can do that. And not everyone likes doing that. (laughs) Like it, that, but for me, that, that works for my mental health and everything. I know it's not the most nutritious food, but it makes me happy and it's my favorite way to end the day. Welcome to The Balance Theory, a podcast aimed at arming you with tools and tips so that you are well equipped to not only identify and define, but own your own definition of balance. I'm your host, Erica, and thank you for joining me today. Hey, Balancers, and welcome back to episode 54 of the Balance Theory podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, an extremely warm welcome to you. Otherwise, welcome back. Now, I firstly just wanted to start off by saying, how is your balance? Now, I know if you've been living in a major city, especially those in Australia like Sydney or Melbourne, this can feel really, really tumultuous, really unstable at the moment. But it's really important to continuously check in with yourself and those around you And don't be frustrated. Go easy on yourself and know that this is a very strange time for everybody. But I suppose the good news is October's looking like things are going to be eased and we'll be returning to some sort of normalcy. So I just wanted to check in, see how you're going and let you know that my heart is with you all. And just to serve as that gentle reminder that if you don't feel, quote, balanced right now, that is so fine. Now, I'm absolutely honored to introduce today's guests. There have been two I've been dying to interview, and I'm extremely humbled to have had them on the show. I'm talking about none other than Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw, co-founders and besties of Keep It Cleaner. So I'm sure many of you will have encountered the girls either online, maybe through their app, through some recipes, through some workouts. They do so many incredible things. And what I absolutely adored about today's chat and actually about the girls themselves is they are so incredibly humble and genuine. They really didn't hesitate to be raw with me on the show today. And they take me back to a time where their experience with health, diet and exercise were not was not necessarily balanced or healthy at all. And how that process and that journey has really formed and shaped, I think, the boundaries and the framework of what Kick aims to do today. So their business that they co-run is really aimed at promoting self-acceptance, sustainable health choices, and as well just how to be confident in your own skin. I absolutely love what the girls are doing with Keep It Cleaner. So I've popped links to the Instagram and their website below for you guys to check it out. But I guess a little bit about what you can expect on today's podcast is we spoke a little bit about what lockdown has actually taught them the most and how slowing down was really an opportunity to learn more about oneself. We talk about all the different hats that the girls wear, what's been their favorite. Steph shares a little bit about the mum guilt for going back into work too soon or not and how that really underpins our balance. The three of us share some personal experiences that have really helped us shape our own relationship with health and exercise. And I think a little tangent off that is that balance is a journey and one of acceptance. And so we really go deep in rethinking the whole work-life balance framework. Laura shares a little bit about her motivation in finishing a degree, even though she already had a successful business. 
We talk about the power of having an influence, limiting beliefs, and last but not least, a little bit about how to deal with negativity. So that's not just limited to, say, online negativity or social negativity. It's also about self-negativity. So to be honest with you all, this was probably my favorite part of the episode, and it's right at the end. So stay tuned for that. I know you guys are going to absolutely love today's episode. So get your notes or pen and paper out and get ready to take some incredible points away from today's show. If you do love this and want to share with us what your favorite part was, take a screenshot, tag myself and the girls. I've popped their handles in the show notes below so we can see exactly what you resonated with. And I'm so excited for you to get your ears across this one. Just before we dive in, if you haven't had a chance to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the absolute world to me. I get such a thrill from reading your thoughts and your feedback. So whether you're driving, walking, or just vegging out, I always love seeing how the podcast helps you along your journey to balance and what you love most so we can keep bringing you that. Thanks again for choosing to spend your time with me and let's dive straight in. Alrighty, today I'm joined by the beautiful Steph and Laura, co-founders of Keep It Cleaner on the Balanceary podcast. Welcome. It's an honor to have you both on today. Thank you for um, having us. Thank you, Erica. We're so excited to chat. We love we love the podcast. We're just talking before we got on the mics about <laughs> how the concept is so important. So thank you for all that you that you do, and we're so excited to chat. Thank you so much. And right back at you, girls. I thought before we jump into, I guess, the content of the, of what I want to chat with you girls about today, I thought it'd be fun to get to know you a little bit. I'll just ask you some quick fire questions. You can just tell me a little um, a little something about yourselves that hopefully not everybody knows. So my first question is, what is your favorite go-to meal? Oh, <laughs> you go first. Actually, I'll go first. I, okay. I am obsessed. We have this recipe on kick. It's our one pan halloumi baked chicken. <laughs> and I, I make it so much that it's, it's like it's, the team's like, okay, you need to calm down with this recipe. <laughs> you know, we have all these other ones, but I am obsessed with it. So that's my go. We have it sometimes twice a week. Anything yeah, in yeah, one pan, anything in one pan is a winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine's actually one pan dish too. It's the um, Mediterranean tray bake. It's so delicious. <laughs> and Yum. it's a kick recipe. Yeah. What goes in that? <laughs> There's like olives, feta, chicken, tomatoes, and it all just kind of roasts together. It's delicious. Yum. I'm going to have to check mm. both those out. I feel like whenever <laughs> I get to like cooking, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to cook. And then I always hear all these amazing recipes. I'm like, I need to mentally note these. Okay, good. Two for me to experiment. <laughs> now on the flip, what's your favorite cheat meal? Oh, I mean, we, so the funny thing is with, with the word cheat is like, I a hundred percent used to look at food like that. I used to put one put food in a basket of like cheat meal or stuff that I'd feel guilty over. And then the other basket was full of like, you know, wholesome, nutritious food. My diet is so, I suppose, balanced for lack of a better word now. Um, and I would say my favorite would have to be chocolate because I have it literally every day, but I love that I've come to a point where it's not cheap food for me anymore. It's not like I wait one day a week to treat myself to it. It's just something that makes me happy. So I've worked out a way to keep it in my daily diet with a nice balance. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I'm with you there on not kind of claiming food as good or bad. I think I, I say the word cheat as in, you know, when you get to that point of the month, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> you just need something just to, to get you over the line. Or you just want to shove something extra into your diet. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. hundred percent. Laura, what about you? What's yours? I think if I could live off one thing and nutritional value didn't matter, it would mm. be 
hot chips hot chips me too 10 yeah. times chicken salt like all yeah. the, like I every time we order it we literally write on the uber each thing like please put, now we write five times because they just don't understand two times wasn't enough is. hey <laughs> we yeah. used to write three times now we write five times it's we still have to add more <laughs> you sound like my partner he literally does the same thing and once we order them and it came in literally like this little takeaway container full of chicken salt I'm like we've got enough here for the next five orders but yeah hot chips is a good one definitely all right last one I want to ask what is the actual exercise so the actual specific exercise movement that you do not look forward to the most like I'll kick it off like mine would have to be burpees okay I think we have to answer each other's here I think that would be that all right Steph what's Laura's squat pulses oh you don't like those they're they're a love hate I'm not a pulse gal. I, I am. I love burpees, but I don't like anything that's slow and a slow burn. So you don't um, love Pilates. I'm, I'm learning, I'm into learning it. Yeah. to love. I'm getting into it, but I think squat pulses, especially, are just like oh, the pain, the pain, and the yeah. wall hip raises. Actually, also one of my yeah. least favorite things. Again, slow burn. Yeah. And Steffi's, your Steph, yours would be burpees. Is your least favorite? Yeah. 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 100%. <laughs> I feel that one too. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, that was just my little warm up just to get to know you both a little bit. Um, The first thing I wanted to ask you girls now, I know 2020 to 2021 has been a massive spanner in the works. I know for you both personally as well, you've had a lot go on in your personal life. You've got, you've had weddings, postponed weddings. We've had babies. We've had, you know, new things (laughs) come out on your app. So much has happened. So I just wanted to know, just to kick it off, what has been the most that this period has taught you? Oh, good question. I think when I was reflecting on this, I think one thing would be the power of kindness and how much we need it to get through hard times. And then I suppose within that, how truly resilient we are as humans. I think this, I mean, especially 2021, 2020 was a year that we were like, you know, can't wait till it's over. 2021 is going to be the best. We just need to get through this time. (laughs) And now we're didn't exactly. know it was a warm up hey? here 100% <laughs> we're back here again um and especially Erica you're in Sydney aren't you yeah 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 so especially I mean for you guys in Sydney I mean you're going through what we went through last year and it oh it's just it's so hard and now I mean in Melbourne we're, we're back here again at least there's a little bit of hope um you know at the end of this year but yeah I think one quote that I kind of I have seen a lot on social media that I think has been really a really helpful quote to get through this year is that you survived a hundred percent of your bad days. And I think it's such, I mean, it's quite a sad quote, but I think when you, uh, I mean, as a lot of us have, when we're having those hard days in lockdown, which is completely normal because it's been so hard on everyone to remember that, you know, we got through last year, it's September, we're in the ninth month. We've nearly got through this year. So we can, you know, we're nearly there um, and we are just so resilient. Yeah, I love that. And and that point about kindness as well. I think mm-hmm. it's really hard not being around people. I feel like that's that's when we find it easiest to be kind. But I think now we've really been forced into this online world where it's really not that hard to extend kindness in the same way. And we've like you said, we're super resilient. And I think if anything, it's a massive testament to society how we've been able to kind of adapt and shift mm-hmm. within that. But I love that. That's beautiful, the the concept of kindness. Um, Steph, what would be yours? I mean, yeah, I would completely agree with everything Laura's um, just said. And I think on a, I suppose, more personal note, I learned quite a lot about myself. Um, I think having the time to to set back and just kind of sit in your own thoughts and have a little bit of extra time, it, 
yeah, I, I learned quite a lot. And some of the things I learned was that whilst I have had this incredible hustle bustle life that has been so exciting and, you know, there's days I still crave that I did learn through lockdown when I was forced to slow down. And, um, you know, a lot of things like my modeling career, stuff like that, that I couldn't do because shoots weren't going on or, you know, traveling, I couldn't travel, um, events that, that we'd usually attend or run ourselves, that wasn't happening either. All of that stuff, you know, kind of stepping back and, and, and just doing more of the day-to-day stuff at kick working through that, which, you know, that's growing daily as well. There's more, there's more to manage there on that side of things as well. So it has changed in the last couple of years, but I think through COVID it's made me realize that I actually do, I am someone that likes to take things slowly and to have a little bit of time to have a slow morning or like have the weekend to do nothing or to just see friends and not be on all the time, not be switched on online all the time, not be doing something every day, um, working every day. I think that fueled me for a long time. And I'm, I'm actually at a point where um, I realized that it was making me not kind of put a hundred percent effort in to the things that I, I really wanted to Um so now because I've stepped back and things are a bit slower, I mean, obviously now I'm a mum, so <laughs> nothing's really slow anymore. <laughs> um, I'm able to put my all into the things that, you know, to me really matter um, and that really, really bring me joy, like obviously keep it cleaner, but also when I'm catching up with friends and family, you know, when that did happen in that slight <laughs> break between lockdowns, um, I'm really there and I'm present and I'm not constantly thinking about things like work or what's happening next because I'm quite content in life right now. Like I'm really happy with how work is. I'm really happy, you know, with, with my little family and I I just feel really content. And I think getting through things like lockdown and obviously we're in a thick of it again now, but it's just made me really appreciate what I do have and also really appreciate what I have got to do in the past, like travel and everything, and then just be content with where I am now. Um, That's kind of something I learned about myself. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I I definitely resonate with what you both said. And I think that for a lot of A-type people, that shift to slow down and not have a social life and not be on all the time was a massive, massive shock to the system. But I can wholeheartedly say as well, I felt that regrounding almost and it Mm. almost forced Mm. you to view everything through a lens of gratitude like right I don't Mm. have these things now my life doesn't suck like we're very lucky if you can like we were saying off air like you know you can always find something to compare your situation to but just to have that that moment to reassess I think was nice and I actually heard this really um, great concept on another podcast this morning and they were talking about boredom and how in our society we actually don't let ourselves be bored because we're constantly filled with distraction. And I think mm-hmm. what being bored does is it just lets your mind wander and kind of, you know, daydream or just find things to do that are so out of your day-to-day routine. Mm-hmm. So I think if I could add anything to that, it would be like just letting yourself be bored, I think mm-hmm. is not necessarily the worst thing in the world, especially in an age of oh, distraction. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I've, I've been seeing a lot of memes lately about, you know, not glamorizing um, being overworked or overly busy. And I think that's so important because I think we have gone through a little bit of a stage where it was like really cool to show off how busy you were and how like you never had time for yourself to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas that can, you know, I mean, and that works for some people, but like for a lot of people, that's, that's a lot. And, and it can really affect their, you know, mental and physical health, um, in not a great way if they're constantly trying to do more and more and more. So I think it's important to, I suppose, glamorize, finding a little bit of balance as well and having time, as you said, to be bored. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now, I wanted to ask you, I know you've both worn so many hats from student to mom to business owner to model to trainer, you know, so, so many things. I want to know what's been the favorite hat that you've worn and why. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm obviously not a mum. So I mean, my answer this to this is being an entrepreneur, but I also feel like there's so many other hats that that I wear in life. You know, with my relationships with other friend, people. Friend, you're the best friend. friend. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so nice. Great podcast um, but, guest. <laughs> <laughs> that's um that's really important to me. But but I think for me on reflecting about that, and especially right now, if I could define myself kind of as just one thing where I feel the most me, it would be entrepreneur and and co-founder of of Keep It Cleaner. And I think it's because at Kik we're so lucky we're able to do something that does help people every single day. I think that Mm. is extremely Mm -hmm. fulfilling. I I can't imagine working in a business that didn't help. I I feel like I wouldn't feel this fulfilled and this wouldn't Mm. be my answer if, if, Mm. if Kik wasn't the company or it wasn't a company that kind of helped others. And then I, I think the other thing is for me is really breaking down the barrier of, of what an entrepreneur looks like. And I suppose for Steph and I, first of all, obviously we are very privileged in the fact that we are white women. There are so many marginalised groups that need, obviously there's still a lot of gender inequality, especially uh, in, in business in Australia and, and all around the world. Um, but I just I just wanted to state that before I kind of got into this. And I think with women in business especially I I feel like looking looking at the statistics now we're so far from from where we want to be I just I checked the um, Australian government statistics for women in CEO positions and on boards this morning and at the moment women hold 14.6 percent of chair positions 28 percent of directorships and represent 18.3 percent of CEOs and then 30, wow. 30% of boards and governing bodies have no female directors. By contrast, only 0.4% have no male directors. And I think when you hear statistics like that, and that's current right now in the world that we're living in, I, I think for me, I feel so fulfilled in hopefully being able to, you know, show young women coming up, especially or anyone, that you don't need to kind of look a certain way or be a certain way to be successful in your career and, and start a business if that's mm. what you want to do. I think for Steph and I, especially, you know, we didn't come from a lot of money or, you know, family connections that helped us set up our business. And that's not taking away from people that did have that. But I just think for young people, if, if they're looking and thinking, wow, that could never be me, you know, because I'm a woman or that could never be me because I'm not connected or, or whatever it might be. I, I feel very fulfilled in hopefully trying to, you know, path, mm. but be a part of the change in changing those statistics because, it's, you know, women have so much potential in what we can do and what we can offer in the boardroom and, and offering business especially. And I think it's it's been amazing. I suppose we want to untap that even more. Um, and so I think that's why, yeah, I feel very fulfilled in that at the moment. Love that. And, and just to preface, like that question wasn't to say box you into any one of the hats because I think we can agree. I think we can agree you're wearing, you're both wearing a lot at the moment. I think a lot of people are too. But I think what that answer shows really is the depth that goes into you know, the labels we place on ourselves. It's not just mm. that you're a business owner, like look at all that fulfillment and purpose that comes with it. So that, mm. was, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And Steph, I mean, I want to guess what yours is, but I'll let you <laughs> You know what? When I read this question prior to the interview, I really had to stop and think about it because obviously my natural reaction is to say how much I'm loving motherhood and that I love being a mum. I feel so incredibly lucky. It's something that I've always wanted and 
it's yeah it's it's been a dream come true so far um so I do absolutely love wearing this hat and I feel really good like even when I make you know I'm gonna put little my fingers up like <laughs> what are they called apostrophes no I'm a bit brain dead quotations <laughs> quotation marks <laughs> quotation marks I'm gonna blame mum brain um yeah like quotation marks you know the wrong decisions in motherhood because really there's there's no wrong thing to do you just let work your baby survive and you work it out um but when I have made those mistakes um I still feel like I know what I'm doing in a way and I just I've been really trusting my instincts and really enjoying this journey but at the same time I thoroughly enjoy being a co-founder of Kipper Cleaner as Laura said it is so incredibly rewarding working on something that changes people's lives um and I think that there's a bit of a similarity there with my motherhood hat you know looking after Harvey and hoping for the best for him and trying to do everything right by him everything that we do at kick is to better the program for our users um to help them in any way to you know have a step forward in their fitness journey or to just help them feel better in their own skin and when you hear the kind of feedback we get from our community members about what it's done and how it's changed their life for the better it's like you you can't that can't not fulfill someone that it's just the most amazing feeling in the world and the fact that we get to do that for a living is so special um so yeah I still very much very very much so love wearing the hat of, of being an entrepreneur Absolutely. And I think, I think what a good point to take away there is like, I think if anyone listening now as well, just looks at, I guess, all the hats they wear in their life, the ones that really fulfill them, especially you'll probably find there is a crossover between those areas. So um, I was, Laura was telling Steph off air, like my nine to five, I'm a a lawyer, an in-house lawyer. And then I've got the podcast. And then I also co-run a fitness business called ES Fit with my best friend. And if I look at those three, there are elements of them all, which is helping other people or making an impact Mm -hmm. in people's lives that have the same carryover in that fulfillment category. So I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whilst, whilst we all might have a favorite, let's say, I think it serves really nicely as a reminder just to have a look at everything you're doing in your life. And if something feels off, it's probably because it doesn't, I guess, Mm -hmm. fit into that fulfillment of what, what fulfills you or what your purpose is. Yeah. And I think I wanted to mention that, you know, I still find work just as fulfilling because I feel like there is this big pressure on mothers, particularly new mums, that they should feel guilty if there's any part of them that wants to go back to work or um, that doesn't want to spend 100% of their time with their kids. Yeah, like too um, soon or yeah, which quotation. I just, <laughs> that pressure just shouldn't exist. I mean, as I said, I, I've loved stepping back and really stepping into motherhood for now and, and that's working for me. But I've also still part-time been back at work because that still fulfills me like I need it in my life um and I just really hope that you know anyone listening that's either thinking about you know wanting to be a mom but feeling like maybe they can't because they really enjoy work and they feel like if you want to be a mom then you don't have any other option but to do it full time it's not the case at all um and vice versa obviously yeah the other way around too yeah that's actually a really nice step into the next question um I feel like when we talk about balance, right, people ordinarily may look and go, okay, work-life balance. That's, that's a formula. How do I get that? How do I strive for that? And so the reason I started this podcast was because when I was looking at that formula, I felt like having that work-life balance 
let's say blueprint, right? Puts work over here, life over here. Generally speaking, work ain't that enjoyable. Generally speaking, life's pretty enjoyable. And as you would both know, work can be super enjoyable and life can also suck sometimes. So already I didn't like the connotations that underpinned both of that separation. And then it also puts this pressure on people to have them 50-50 split. Whereas being entrepreneurs, you would know it's not a nine to five, it's a 24-7 type role. And the amount of time and effort you put into a business or your career really does outweigh your personal time, especially if you are a full-time worker. So I had a look at, I guess, what I thought were the most important areas of your life. And I'm all about simplicity. You know, you can find all these formulas and frameworks that have like eight to 10 different areas and whatnot, but I just really streamlined it and I said, okay, what's important when it comes to our balance? And I really think it comes down to your health, which includes your, includes, sorry, your mental and your physical health. Then you've got your relationships, which are your friendships, your love life, um, and your family as well. And then your last area, I actually, just before I started the podcast, changed it. So I did have it as career. And I just took a step back and I go, well, who am I excluding in this framework that won't be able to relate to that? And I thought I'm going to call that fulfillment because you have people that are studying full time. Maybe they're they're blessed enough. They can just, you know, kick back and just do whatever they want, volunteer work, et cetera. So the third category is actually fulfillment. And my take on it is at any point in life, the way you separate your time or allocate your time across those areas is going to vary. But as long as you have your foot or, or an egg in each of those baskets at any given point, that's your balance, right? And it's about having that flexibility and saying, okay, at different points in life, I'm going to be able to put more into fulfillment or more into my health or whatever the case may be, as long as that works for you. So bringing it back to what you were just saying, Steph, like you have I guess people who come become brand new mums and they have that pressure of, am I going back to work too soon? Or, you know, should I stay at home for a bit longer? Do I should that guilt, you know, that guilt that comes when you tap into what you quote should be doing. That's sort of what I guess we're trying to pioneer and change is saying, no, you don't need to feel that guilt because that could just be what works for you at this point in time. And, and balance could be more macro. It's a seasonal thing. So say, as you have a newborn or as you start a new business, or it could be just day to day, that balance looks completely different. So that's a little bit about, I guess, what we're trying to do. But I read a quote that um, I think, Laura, you said on a previous interview, which I think is a really nice segue into kick and how that really fits nicely with the whole balance theory framework and it reads like this we may have looked our healthiest we were eating 100 percent healthy and exercising one to two hours a day but we weren't healthy at all because our minds were so unbalanced and obsessive so i guess off the back of that i really want to know uh, how your concept of balance may have changed since you you know since that time you were speaking about and what it actually means to you right now yeah, wow, that was that was a I mean when I say a long time ago, that was in my early 20s. I'm now in my in my later 20s and that was before we had started Keep It Cleaner. And I suppose I had learned about balance and it's it's true at that time I was overseas and I I was modeling. I which for me wasn't fulfilling and also I which wasn't I Steph's gonna yell at me for saying this, but I wasn't very good at it. So she says it every I feel, time. I feel like with with what you do, like you know, when you, as you know, Erica, like with with law, for example, when you do your law degree, or when you're at school or whatever, you study really hard, and then you get, you know, everyone has got their own natural intelligence that helps them maybe get a hundred. Whereas for me, I was like I was dying to get to eighty percent. But if I worked really hard, I'd get to that. And with the modeling industry, it wasn't about that. The the only thing I could control being a type A personality and very disciplined was my body. 
And when I say I could control that, I had to be extremely unhealthy to be able to get to, you know, this, this dream weight that I thought would bring me all my fulfillment and happiness in the world. But when I got on the scales and I got to that weight, the only thing that I could think of was, okay, well, I'm still not happy. What else can I change in my body? And so for me, that really taught me, I mean, in the moment, absolutely not. This is, it's really important, I think, to acknowledge that this was it for me having a, a balanced relationship with, with food and exercise and my body was a journey. It definitely didn't happen overnight. Uh, it's easy to reflect back on it now because I'm in, in such a balanced mindset, but at the time it was really hard and it's hard to work through it. But I, I learned that those things, you know, the way that I look, the way my body is, that my weight does not define health for me. And, and for me, and I mean, for most people, also for our actual physical health, exercising two hours a day, unless you're working, you know, to go to the Olympics or you're an elite athlete and you're on a program specifically, it's not good for us. You know, it's too much to push your body that much. Also, who has time to do that? And then at the same time, to be that weight, I could hardly eat. And then when you can hardly eat, you have no energy to do anything else in your life. You know, you can't have conversations with people that you love. You can't type anything up because it never makes sense because, you're, you know, you're brain dead because you're not fueling your body. And so... That, that part of my life, yeah, absolutely, I, I had no balance at all. And so I think with it's been amazing with what Steph and I, and what really Steph went through a really similar experience, a little, a little bit different, but also similar. And that enabled us, I think, to was sometimes going through hardships is a way that you can connect with people. And that's really how Steph and I connected and, and where Keep It Cleaner, I suppose, started um, it's come a long, long way from from where it was. But I think once you've been through something like that, and especially with the pressures of social media now where there's diets everywhere, Steph and I are so passionate about creating and, and that's what Kiki is. It's, it's a safe place for people to come on and have exercise that they can do that's fun and they're 20-minute workouts and, we, you know, we don't take it too seriously and there's lots of options. You don't, if you hate hit, you don't have to do it. Do strength or, you know, whatever you want to do. And there's recipes that aren't, chicken and broccoli you know that with flavor and it's things that your whole family can eat and there's meditations on there because you know our mental health is really important and you I suppose we just wanted to really yeah create this safe place with kick where people could come and you know wherever they're at on their journey in their life with their health doesn't matter you know they can come and plug in maybe they might want to do two workouts a week and that's what works for them and that's okay or they might want to do five but I think it's really really important to acknowledge that especially with our health Every single person is different in what they can do and what can fit into their life. And the balance that works for me is, is not going to work for every single listener. You know, for me, I love running. I run quite often. But I think with, um, you know, for some people, they might hate running and that's okay because something else might work for them. And um, I think, yes, yeah, it's, it's hard because there's no, as, as I'm sure you speak about a lot, there's no solution to balance. It's just finding out what works for you. And I think ensuring that you're not doing what the person next to you is doing because we're all so different. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's less of the fact that there's no solution. I think it's more there's no one size fits all and it's not mm, yeah. it's not a static concept, right? It's, it's constantly changing. So you could feel, okay, I'm super balanced now because I kind of, I know what my body needs in, in downtimes and, and whatever, but that's going to change as well. So I think mm. when I think of balance, um, it's really like that flexibility piece. But I love that you sort of reflected on an earlier experience. And I, I sort of also had a similar um, journey. Like I sort of was really restrict restricting dieting, um, really heavy training and doing like body scans. And I remember I had this experience mm. where I felt 
And like, I felt like I looked the best I ever had and my energy was incredible. Um, you know, like I was like, this is going to be the in-body scan I do. That's going to be the best result ever. And it printed and it was the worst. It was like my highest body fat I'd ever been. And from that moment, when I, when I stepped off the thing, I just said, you know what, what the hell is this number? Because it do, it's not reflective at all of what I'm feeling inside, how much energy I've got, how much, you know, self-love I have. There's no judgment. There's a lot of kindness there for myself. But in saying that, I think you have to go through moments like that to be able yeah. to then turn around and extend that kindness to yourself. So a big part of balance is those downs as much as those ups. But thank you so much for, I guess, opening up about your own journey and experience with um, balance. Steph, what would you sort of say, I guess, your current or, or past journey with balance has been yeah I mean it's it's funny because I feel like I've come a long way with balance um for both I suppose when you're looking at balance from a health perspective and then also work-life balance um I've realized that you know as you said the perfect balance doesn't exist you've got to kind of have a flexible balance and it's got to be what works for you and I think with health as I said earlier I'm someone that eats chocolate every day not everyone can do that and not everyone likes doing that <laughs> like it that but for me that that works for my mental health and everything I know it's not the most nutritious food but it makes me happy and it's my favorite way to end the day um <laughs> but for me it's you know I've come a long way to get to that point much like Laura I had a, a pretty horrible relationship food where um there's no way I would have had chocolate unless it was like some health nut organic zero sugar random 90 percent dark no you <laughs> yeah 99 percent yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and even that I would like limit and you know the exercise as Laura said like two hours a, a day and I was living in New York at the time so I'd make sure that I was walking all day every day everywhere just to burn more um and I just it was all because my worth was linked to the way I looked because I was full-time modeling at the time. And it was, it was all I cared about. And the interesting thing, the moment that I kind of snapped out of it was when I came home. And as Laura said, when I say snapped out of it, it's when I realized that I had a bit of an issue. It's not, you know, one day I just woke up and didn't have a problem anymore. It was definitely a journey to kind of come to this point that I am now, but it was when I'd come home and the pressure wasn't on me as much as it was with my agent over there. Um, over there, I was getting measured twice a week, um, kind of like your body scans. I had this constant pressure to improve in quotation marks um, and lose more weight and this external pressure from my agency saying I wasn't good enough. And then I came home and started working with, you know, the clients that liked me for me here in Australia again. And I started to feel better about myself instantly, even though I started putting on weight. And that's when I much like yourself realized like okay well I'm obviously not my happiest when I'm that skinny what's more important yeah. um and so yeah balanced with food and exercise I feel like I'm in a really really good place and I think particularly after going through pregnancy and obviously having having to slow down in many ways with my fitness um and be a lot more relaxed with food because let's face it pregnancy cravings aren't always whole foods um uh, it's, it's, it's at an even more balanced <laughs> approach now. I'm just so content again and happy with where I'm at and work-life balance is, is pretty similar as well. Like I, as I said earlier, I've learned that I need to have some time and step back a little bit uh, to, I suppose, have a bit of balance. I know that there is going to be busier times and that's okay. But as you said, as long as I've got my toes in a little bit of family time or a little bit of me time, um, I know I can perform 
really well. If I'm all in with work and I haven't got any time for myself or my family, that's when I struggle to, to be my best. So, um, yeah, but I think the really important thing is everyone's balance is so different. Like the way we all work and function and what balance is going to work for me is just not going to work for someone else. So I think you just come to a point in life where you work it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as you work it out, it bloody changes again. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. And I think based off what you've both said, I think, I mean, I love asking these questions, the guests that come on, because everyone has such a different take. Some people say balance is a fulfillment thing. Some people say it's a happiness thing, but I think just based off what you've both sort of said, I think it's more an acceptance thing. I think we could uh, maybe all agree. Mm. It's more like coming to this place where you appreciate where you are and you, you, you treat yourself with kindness. I think that's the main thing. I always think like, how would I speak to my future child or my younger self? And it's just about saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but this is what I need right now. This is what I need today. And that's different to yesterday or it's different to what Steph and Laura said on that podcast, you know, but I think it's all about like taking things with a grain of salt. Like people can spit out their perfect morning routine and you can try that and it might work for you and it might not, but it's just about really bringing that flexibility and I think acceptance. Just a quick word from the sponsor of today's podcast. If you haven't paid any attention to the quality of your gym accessories or feel like the ones you have kill your vibe just a little, then this is for you. ESFit is a brand I've co-founded with my best friend to bring all fitness lovers the confidence to sweat in style. I'm talking considered luxe fitness accessories, ranging from cotton bands that don't roll or dig to full-size sweat towels that cover you from head to toe and actually don't take up all the space in your bag. The list goes on, but you can check it all out for yourself at esfit.com.au or on Instagram at esfit, double underscore. And for all my beautiful balances, we're offering $15 off at the checkout when you use the code BALANCE. All right, beautiful. So now I have um, just a question for each of you because obviously um, I've been, I've, I've, well, not obviously, I've been following both of your journeys for a very long time. So I, I'm personally curious about both of you aside from Kik as well. So I might start with Laura. Um, obviously we have um, commonality in, in the legal space. So I know you um, finished your degree recently. So congratulations. I know how arduous, onerous and intense that degree is. So big congrats to you. Um, I guess what I want to know, and I'm really curious, what drove you to finish that law degree, knowing that you already have a successful business? And I ask this because now that I've got a business on the side, I mean, if it was at the scale and place that kick is at whilst I was at uni, I don't know if I would have had the motivation to finish it off because it's quite an intense degree. And I guess this is tapping into what motivates you. So I'm, I'm really curious as to, I guess, what helped you finish that degree or what was your driver, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, as you know, one, I mean, one of the biggest drivers, and as you would know from doing a law degree, is some of the subjects that I went through that I oh my admin goodness law. I yeah, strongly disliked them you know I left admin law in law till the end I literally had put it off and I did it in my last semester or my second last but I think that was one thing driving that I'd come I'd come so far and I was pretty close it was hard I mean obviously to be completely transparent I, I had a lot less balance in my life when I was doing that as I do now um, you know you can't be a part of running business and then also study a, a law degree and have a really amazing social life. It just doesn't work. You know, something has to give. Um, but I suppose I was willing to sacrifice it. I, I personally put, I mean, I really value the education and the challenge. I think I really like being challenged and it really did challenge me. And I think as well, it challenged me in a way that 
I could, you know, get things wrong in class and it didn't cost anyone anything. You know, if I, if I get something wrong with what we're doing at Kick, that could, you know, cost the business a lot of money or it could affect, you know, a team member or, you know, whatever that might be. But, I mean, the best thing with uni is that you're not really affecting anyone except yourself. And if you fail, you I actually didn't fail any subjects, but if I had of it, it would have been okay because I would have just been able to do it again. Well, yes, hex debt is... Yeah, I was going to say, just bump up the hex, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> still paying it off. But uh, apart from that, I think, yeah, that helped me get through. And then I think as well, there was probably a little bit of, and I, I'm not sure if I was quite, I was conscious of this at the time, but reflecting back on it now, I think as um, as I suppose I kind of touched on before about being a, a woman in, in business, there's almost this, we have, well, I do, I have this inherent feeling that I need to prove myself to be worthy. And I think the, my finishing my law degree was a part of that, knowing that I felt like to be able to be worthy of, you know, be a part of conversations or have a seat at the table or whatever, I needed to finish that. Um, and I think it, it's interesting. It definitely hasn't made me feel any more worthy or valid in, in those spaces. It has definitely helped. I mean, the, the we obviously running a business legal is a big part of it so it's helped in in that way absolutely so I definitely don't regret it but I think subconsciously I I felt like I also needed to finish it for I suppose for other people as well and I I do wonder if if my gender was different if if I would have felt that way but I suppose I'll never know yeah super interesting well look I don't for what it's worth it's um it's a great degree to have under your belt um, but I just thought that was super interesting and don't know if I would have done the same thing at that time. So thanks for sharing that. Um, now one for you, Steph, I want to know what was the moment you decided to pivot into business and what kind of inspired you to do that? Well, first of all, I had never, ever imagined myself being an entrepreneur. Um, I thought I'd start with that because in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew I had an interest in the modeling industry since I was a little girl. Like I I knew that was something I wanted to try when I had time. But um, other than that, I had interest in children. I thought maybe I'd be a PE teacher or um, something to do with animals or something to do with art. I was really arty. I just had no idea. And I think I wanted to start with that because I didn't study business. I didn't like, I wasn't very good at maths or science or I don't know. I feel like I doubted myself a lot in high school because all of the subjects I was really, I suppose, gifted at were the more creative subjects or what some people labeled as like the dumb people subjects (laughs) because I wasn't super academic. And I, it was something that I pretended I was totally okay with in high school. Like I played it cool and pretended I didn't care, but I definitely felt, um, uh, I don't know. I felt like people looked at me in a certain way and would probably look at me now and be incredibly surprised that I run a business, um, be that teachers or just people that I wasn't really friends with that judged me. Um, But I wanted to start there because I felt like going into business, I have always had a lot of doubt in myself and my ability because I didn't study any of those things. I didn't go to uni after high school. Um, And I think going into modeling and being an influencer and everything over the years prior to keep it cleaner launching, as Laura touched on earlier, there's this judgment people make Um, especially on influencers that you are not maybe, I don't know, doing as much behind the scenes as, as you're trying to come off as you are, or, you know, you might just be the face of something and and that's not enough. 
Um, and I, I really put a lot of pressure on myself through that because it's like I've had this drive to prove to people that um, I'm more than that when really there's nothing wrong as well. Like if I just wanted to keep modeling, um, there's really nothing wrong with that being your full-time career. I mean, it was something that it's something I still really, really enjoy. Um, I've always loved it. Um, but it just wasn't fulfilling me in the same way as it used to. And I think that's just because my priorities in life shifted to less selfish ones. <laughs> um, you know, I get a lot more joy out of helping other people than I do with feeling good on a set. <laughs> um, so I think what happened with modeling and where the switch came from was I was really enjoying it. I was making a lot of connections. I was learning quite a lot about, you know, the fashion industry and, um, you know, working with huge companies and actually learning a little bit about the back end of marketing and everything as well. Um, I started to have a little bit of interest in the way that all worked. And I started to get a lot of people and companies not only paying me to be on set with them, but also to endorse their products on, on social media. And I kind of learned the power of having an influence and having an engaged audience. And through that, I kind of thought, you know, I've constantly got people asking me, you know, for recipes or things that I'm wearing or advice on things. Surely there is some way I can capitalize on this and do something outside of modeling because I wasn't studying. And a lot of people, you know, I was a busy model, but you still need something else to do on the side. Like you can't be a full-time model. When I was a full-time model and that was all I was doing, that's when my mind was focused on just the way I looked and, and that wasn't healthy for me. So a lot of models, you know, do studying on the side or another part-time job. And for me, I just really wanted to find something else that I was really passionate about that took my mind away from modeling. And that's where I turned to, you know, possibly using my um, profile in a way that benefited me and also helped others and, it was around the same time that, you know, I met Laura and we went through those kind of negative journeys through eating and, and I just wanted to create something with laws that helped other people. And, you know, it didn't start as a business project. Keeper Cleaner was not, we didn't project that all of this would happen. It was a passion project, something for us to do on the side, as I said, something to keep my mind off modeling. And it ended up being, you know, one of the best things I've ever done in life. Um, and, you know, that, that question in the back of my mind, I suppose, uh, of, you know, do I think I'm worthy enough to label myself as a co-founder or an entrepreneur or, um, you know, whatever you want to call me. It's still, I still have that self-judgment um, and self-doubt for sure. It still pops up on days. But I think what I've come to realise is there is so many ways to run a business. There are so many different ways to, I suppose, be an important role in a business as well like they don't all have to look the same and you don't have to be I mean that's the best thing about Laura being my business partner we are so different in our skill sets um you know there's obviously a lot that overlap like our drive and um I suppose our morals and everything but other than that we have very different skill sets and that's awesome you know for a long time I was incredibly envious of Laura's skill sets. And I thought she was way more credible than me. And um, it's funny that she touched on law kind of maybe in the back of her mind, thinking that that was something she was doing so that she was, um, I suppose, more important or could speak up. I, I felt that as well. Like I always thought, no, this is something Laura should handle because she's more credible or she's more worthy to be here than I am. Um, but that was all self that's never come from anyone else. That's all stuff I made up in my own head. So um, I think I've gone really off track from your question. No, no, that's okay. Just, that's okay. You've actually, I, um, 
Yeah, no, I you've actually think- brought up something um, that I, I saw as a commonality between both of you. And I think it's something a lot of people struggle with. And that is your value is dependent on your output. And I think a lot of the times that drives mm-hmm. us to do things that we think will mm-hmm. appease other people's opinions and really don't focus on our own. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, what that does is it puts into question your your self-worth and it makes you have those limiting mm-hmm. beliefs and those thoughts. So I guess both of you now in hindsight, seeing that about yourselves and look, let's not, um, let's not downplay the, no, I'm going to say that it has, it has its value, right? I heard this thing the other day and they were talking about limiting beliefs and we always look at limiting beliefs and we go, they're the worst things ever. But when you look at say like a type people, a limiting belief can actually push you to do something right? To finish something, to change a career, to do those sorts of things. But the reason they're a limiting belief is because they have their limits. It can only take you so far. And then you have to part with that limiting belief to go further and beyond that. But I think you've both sort of had that experience. And so I'm just wondering if, if you would have any words of wisdom or imparting knowledge to anyone sort of struggling with those limiting beliefs and self-doubts, noting that they don't go away. You know, you just learn mm-hmm. how to manage them or you acknowledge that they come up from time to time, but really for people who are in the thick of it now and wanting to make that change or wanting to make, finish something off, do you guys have anything that you would say to those people? I, I mean, that, that's such a, a good, such a good question. And I think for me, it would be that, especially, I mean, bringing, I suppose, imposter syndrome into it, which is something that a lot of people and, and Steph and I have spoken about it quite a bit. I mean, it's kind of what, kind of the ethos of well, not the ethos but the base of what a lot of the things we've said and where those insecurities come from is that we don't believe we're worthy to be where we are and I think for me what really helped me get th- well get when I say get through it again it never goes away and I think you know as as a really driven person and, and I, as you said having those limiting beliefs do help you to drive even more but with imposter syndrome, especially if, if you go on TED Talks and you look at who speaks about it, the most successful people in the world have limiting beliefs. And that's, I think it's okay. I think you just need to use it to your advantage. And I think Steph and I have, have done that in so many ways. And I think one thing that is so nice, Steph, and it was um, at the start when you said that you're really content right now. I completely agree with that. And I think it's interesting because I didn't think that you know and I feel exactly the same but I didn't believe that you could be content and also be driven at the same time and you absolutely can and I think it's a really really nice place to be knowing that you're content in your life but you do have ambitions and it's okay Mm. to have ambitions without I suppose not valuing all the people around you and and, you know wanting more and more and more I I don't think we we think that way anymore and again I think now I've gone off the question but I think for anyone listening to this just just know that you know there's no limit on on what you are capable of it doesn't matter what your background is or you know how old you are all of those things all those things that I think society sets as things that hold us back and barriers they they're not there to hold you back don't see them as a barrier see them as something that you you know you can be driven to overcome um, and, and I think as well, if we look, we look back on just the change in even especially with gender equality over the past 50 years, if you look back to where we were 50 years ago, we've come so far. And the only reason we have come so far is because we push for change. And so it's so important to never let, I suppose, the standards that society has for us right now, don't let that define what you could be, because yeah. I think we would never evolve if, if we always thought that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've also identified something important there. And that, and that is, I think we look at the hustle, right? And we think that that is a periodic thing. And at the end of it is this success and reward. 
right? But I think when you get in the motions of doing it, you realize that that comes in the process. It's every day. It's the unexpected business stuff up. So you have to deal with and just wing on the spot because I don't have a business degree either. You know, it's those sorts of things mm-hmm. that over time they form part of the process. That's actually what fulfills you. So I think it's a nice point because even like when you, I mean, this is a whole separate podcast in and of itself, like talking about say like money and having financial goals and stuff. Like there's a lot of negativity around that and having those desires. And I think the same goes for say like ambition. And so to understand that you can have those things and be balanced and content, I think is a really humbling thing to hear, especially from you two, who a lot of people, you know, may, may look to you as uh, role models or, you know, just generally you would form the definition of success and noting that that is different for everybody. I think that's super humbling to hear. So I'm really glad you sort of have those thoughts that align really nicely with everything we do as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's really nice. I think um, what you guys touched on, it's just, it's about appreciating. I think when it comes to drive and ambition, um, it's, it is about appreciating the the journey. And I think for us um, with, with work, I know I do this and I think Laura does the same. It's you constantly check in and be proud of even the littlest things, because I think if you're only focused on one big goal, that's, pretty far away if you don't get there you're just constantly going to be disappointed um and so I think it's really important to acknowledge the little wins along the journey because if we never get to our big goal it's it's okay it's not the end of the world because we've enjoyed the process if it was all we were focusing on and we weren't you know checking in and, and appreciating what we have done and how far we have come along the way it would be a lot harder um so yeah I liked that you mentioned that yeah. And then and a flip on that is, and I guess you both have this experience with your modeling careers, right? If you're just focused on say booking that job and the process is so mm. unenjoyable, when you get there, you're actually probably not even going to enjoy getting that job. You're just going to be focusing on the next thing because enjoyment really does come from the process. So I think everyone listening probably has a similar experience when you get something, it could even be as simple as like you just online shop, right? And you buy that thing, you hyped yourself up to buy it and then you get it. And it's just like, you know, it goes away after a day and you're looking for the next thing. I think that comes from when you're not present in the journey and enjoying it along the way. So totally agree with you both there. Now, I know I have, I actually put a lot more questions on this list, but I know we are um, limited for time. So I might just ask you both one more thing. Um, And I think this is something anybody at any point in their life will deal with. And that is how do you deal with negativity? And now this could be open question, could be Mm -hmm. internal negativity towards yourself, social, you know, online type thing, or just generally in life. Uh, <laughs> um, it depends on the day. <laughs> um, yeah, the way I deal with negativity, especially external negativity um, from, you know, maybe trolls online for an example. Yeah, it really depends on where I'm at in that day. If I'm at a really good, in a really good place, my way of dealing with it is just completely ignoring it, blocking and deleting and pretending I never saw it or avoiding seeing it you know, before it even happens. Like at the moment I've got limits on my DMs so that that kind of stuff doesn't come through because for me, I just don't have the time or energy to read that kind of negativity. Um, Yeah. I want to be spending my energy elsewhere. (laughs) Um, But then there's other days where I'm not really feeling that great uh, and I might be down for whatever reason. And if someone cuts me while I'm down, I, I really struggle to just ignore it. I, might not respond to them. I still might not respond because I've learned that that very rarely actually 
feels any better, even if they turn around and apologize, you still don't really feel satisfied. <laughs> um, and then a lot of the time they actually come back even harder and that's just even worse. So a lot of the time I've learned not to respond, but a lot of the time on my down days, it really just ponders in the back of my mind. And I really question myself and I really read into what they've said. And I really think like, Oh my God, are they right? Are they thinking that Is there other people that think this have I done the wrong thing? And I, and, and I, then I just get in this spiral of questioning what I'm doing. And um, I think that that's not really healthy for anyone. So I do prefer my method on my better days. Um, and I think there is ways of, you know, controlling what comes through, as I said, like limiting DMs. And I think from now on, I am going to look to implement a lot of that sort of stuff into my life because I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better in myself and who I am and a lot more confident in, in what I put out there when I can still take constructive criticism, but I'm not getting that kind of useless negativity. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I love that you split that into on your good days and bad days, because it just goes to show that like you can be balanced, but that's what forms a part of it. You're always up and down. So that's good too. And I think when, when people are looking at like their routine or their non-negotiables or you know, their toolkit that they have there for themselves when they are feeling down, like that's going to vary depending on where you're at as well. So I love that. Laura, what did you, what were your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think as Steph said, so Steph taught me about this limiting of DMs last week and I am a <laughs> Tell me about this. I haven't heard of it. So you can change in your settings and your privacy. So people that don't follow you, because really the hate comes from people who don't follow you. They don't, if you're not following someone, obviously you don't engage what they're doing. You also don't have full context about what they do yeah. or who they are. So that's often where really unwarranted, unhelpful and unconstructive feedback comes in. Mm. So you can block, well, yeah, block people, not yeah. block them, but limit block them, limit them from DMing you right. if they don't follow you. And then you can also limit DMs from people who just follow you in the past week or something. I haven't done that yet because I haven't needed to because I actually haven't had, mm. since I've turned this on, it's my DMs. Not that I've, I get a lot of bad DMs, but sometimes I do. And I haven't really had any, which has been so lovely. So that's, that's mm. number one. But I think <laughs> as well, if I just, I just want to say as well that kind of as Steph said with good and bad days, I have days where if I get a DM where there's a, an opinion on something, kind of as, as Steph was saying, I can take that stranger's opinion and end up in a spiral by the end of the day or the week. Sometimes I really ponder on things for a month. Then Steph will be like, Laura, why did you not speak to me about this? <laughs> you need to get this out of your head. Mm. And I'm questioning if I need to like I don't know quit my life and start a new one because <laughs> I am not worthy for the life that I have like I literally it's, it, it is and it sounds so funny and I laugh about it now but like legitimately sometimes mm. that is my brain mm. um and so I just think it's important to acknowledge that like yeah as as you said the balance is not always there sometimes managing and, and dealing with negative feedback is really hard um but I think also it's important to be able to identify when stuff's constructive because mm. The only way, you know, we can, well, not the only way, but a, a big way as, as people, you know, in our careers or in, in all aspects of our life that we improve is by, you know, we're not perfect. We have so much mm. to learn. Mm. Um, so I think it's important not to block that out completely, but mm. yeah, blocking out strangers from my DMs is really the solution for me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, like on, on the whole chat of negativity, because I know that you, you were saying it was kind of the question was coming from an angle, not just about, you know, online trolls or anything like that. Um, I would say that negativity, um, internal negativity is happening 
I was, I was going to say a little bit less these days, but it's just happening a little differently. Like I think the times when I'm uh, negative towards myself is uh, uh, it's about different things. Like for example, right now I question, you know, if I'm doing the right thing through motherhood and that happens da- daily, but I'm quicker to kind of snap myself out of it. You know, I used to really ponder on things and internal negative thoughts and um, really not be able to pull myself out of them. And I've figured out ways like moving my body or, you know, talking to a friend or watching a Disney movie, like little things that I have in my life that kind of ground me and bring me back to a healthier headspace. Um, and I can kind of, yeah, not get rid of the negativity, the internal negativity altogether. It's always going to be there. We're always going to have like insecurities about what we do or even what we look like, but I'm able to push them to the back of my mind and move on and think more positively a lot quicker these days, I think, because I'm implementing all these, you know, healthy balances into my life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you girls so much for your time. I think, well, no, I don't think, I know our audience would have gotten so much out of today's chat. And for anyone who hasn't checked out your podcast, I will pop a link to that in the show notes below so they can see all the incredible work you're doing over there as Mm -hmm. well. If, the, if people want to connect with you both either individually or follow your kick journey, where's the best place they can do so? So they can find us on Instagram at Keep It Cleaner and then our website is www.keepitcleaner.com.au and we're also in the app store. And then you can also, my goodness, I feel like I'm doing our outro. Our, of outro, our yeah. <laughs> we're going to like, into like this mode of like, go. And you can follow us. Leave us, us a <laughs> review. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Steph Clare-Smith and mine is laura.henshaw. Uh, yeah. Thank you so Beautiful. much for having us, Erica. It was, it was so nice to, to mm. chat to you. Absolutely. Thank you both so much. And that's a wrap for this week, Balances. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop. So you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam. We promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, 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 stop.